Greetings, fellow daydreamers. I'm Helia, and welcome to another episode of Book Nooks and Pillow Talks, where we obsess over random shit, and you listen to me rant about something that has been going on in my mind, and uh, hopefully enjoy it. Today, we're going to talk about yet another K-drama that has just recently, not that recently, but quite recently ended, and... We're going to obsess over it for this episode. It is called My Demon. And if you like that K-drama, let me know. Let's get into it. of talking about my demon i should just mention this is a rant episode again and i also kind of review it but i want you to know in the beginning that i don't think this is like a five star watch okay you're happy it's a feel good drama it's not a masterpiece it's not different from any other like fantasy kind of dramas you've seen before and you know it doesn't have that much significance especially plot wise so like don't attack me with the opinions that this the, there are so many better k dramas i know i've seen them i've seen the goblin i've seen tale of the nine tales yeah tale of the nine tales <laughs> and i've seen so many good k dramas with good directors okay so this my demon was just a tad different from the things that you've seen before and it was more comedic so that's why you just kind of obsess over it longer than you should for a cheesy K-drama. And that's what I'm going to do this episode. Right. First of all, spoiler alert. Because I have some scenes that I generally like obsess over more than others that might be spoilers for you. So just keep that in mind. And if you don't want to like listen to this before seeing the K-drama itself, you know... Don't listen to it. I was h- I'm happy that you followed me along until this moment, but I'm going to include the spoilers, okay? It's a possibility. I might not, but it's a possibility that I will. So keep that in mind. Right. The actor, the main male character, is played by Song Kang, and he plays a demon from hell that lives among us and makes deals with humans in order to keep himself like alive that's part of the deal i guess that he made with his boss a long time ago and that kind of happened and our boss bitch duduhi is uh the ceo in this k drama and the best part about this k drama is that we don't have that poor rich whole scenario they're both rich as fuck people and duduhi is a badass motherfucker. Like, she, I love her. From the very first episode, her fashion caught my eye. I literally... She's my girl crush. Duduhi is my girl crush. Like, I love every single sh- thing she wore in this K-drama. Mostly, she wears these incredible shoes. Like, I searched it. Uh, it was a very famous designer that I do not remember the name of. The heels, like, I was in love. Literally, instantly, I was in love. So, our two characters are both 
you know, rich and very independent. They literally don't need anyone. But they happen to stumble upon each other and the whole plot changes when the demon gets dependent on Duduhi because his powers by some kind of unfortunate event transform to her. So she has this tattoo that he used to have on his wrist, on her wrist, and the only way that the powers can actually function is if he holds her hand. Oh my god, so surprised, shocking, isn't it, for a K-drama to include physical intimacy when there's a life and death situation involved. They do not get off on a good start. They absolutely do not like each other, even though they both find each other attractive, or at least Dodo he finds Guvon. I don't think I've said his character name until now. Yeah, the demon's name is Guvon, which ironically means savior. Guvon means savior, and it's a very ironic thing because, you know, he's a demon. Anyways, so Dudohi finds him attractive from the very, very first minute she sees him. And, I mean, come on, why wouldn't she? He's a demon. He is made for seduction. His literal existence depends on his ability to be able to seduce people. So why wouldn't he be hot as fuck? And wear extremely incredible clothes. Just have the most dreamy eyes. And the cutest smile. Why wouldn't a demon have that? You know? So yeah, she likes him physically. From the very first time they meet. But they do not like each other at all. Because they find each other very arrogant. And there are some misunderstandings that happen in the first episode that I will spare you the details because maybe you want to actually go watch it. And then, due to some circumstances, they have to now be together all the time so that Guvon can use his powers and Duduhi can use the protection. So, you guessed it, he becomes her bodyguard. And then some shit goes down, somebody dies, somebody very important... And so the plot, like, falls into uh, motion. One of the kind of main characters, I guess, as much as two episodes can make a main character a main character, uh, dies, and investigations happen, and we have a lot of, like, company and shares, and who's gonna sell their stocks, who's not gonna send their sell their stocks, who's gonna be the next heir or heiress to the, the whole empire and everything. That fight goes on until the end but the main i guess the main plot point that we're looking for is a guy who wants to murder uh, Dodohi and probably maybe murdered the main character who dies in the beginning as well yeah and so he becomes her bodyguard they have to spend some time together some shit goes down and she is put into danger a lot and he comes to save her a lot many times there are many times where they are infuriated with each other, which is very cute to watch. The comedy is so good. Laughed out loud. I love it so much. The bromance between Guvon and his, I guess, assistant is so funny. It's funny because, yeah, it's just funny. It's, it's so good. Their joke's amazing. I love every 
character. And even though they're sometimes cringe, I can endure them because they're funny. I like it. I love the acting. It's great. There is one scene in episode five. I will not tell you the minute of it because I want you to be surprised. So when you see Song Kang, the actor, uh, at first glance, you're like, oh my god, he's lean, he's tall, he's pretty, and all that's it. That's your whole analyzation of the guy, okay? In episode 5, there is one scene where he's in the shower, and like Korean dramas have so many shower scenes like this because they want to show off the guy's abs. So, I mean, not that I'm complaining, but you know, you should expect something like this. So there's a shower scene where Song Kang slowly turns around. I swear to God, the most sinister scene in the whole thing. I mean, this this gay drama includes like blood and gore and somebody killing another person and everything. But the most sinister scene, in my opinion, is that like eight seconds that he just stands in the shower, turns around, shocks the shit out of you with his eight fucking packs and has that little tiny chain that has a cross and it's lying on his amazing pecs and he just turns around and doesn't look up he's like looking down and god knows if i had that body i would also look down (laughs) and that scene just you know deserved like 10 or 15 rewinds you know you just had to go back Watch that eight seconds and then go back again. Watch that eight seconds and go back again. It just, yeah. I did not expect Song Kang to have eight packs. I mean, I know he's a ballerina. I've realized this. Uh, I don't know where I know this from, but I just know that he's a ballerina. But I did not expect, I like expected him to be lean and muscular. I didn't expect him to be like a fucking David statue, all right? Anyways, that's one of the scenes I really obsessed over and I really love. There, as I said, there are many comedic points in this K-drama. And I love that Guwon hates, absolutely loathes being compared to other mystical creatures. Like the goblin, as we know there's a K-drama for. The tale of the nine-tailed, I mean the nine-tailed fox. Which, again, there are maybe three or four K-dramas for. And even vampires. He al- he says that n- don't compare those blood-sucking assholes to me and everything. It is hilarious. One of the things that I think really enhances the com- comedy in these K-dramas and lowers the cheesiness in a weird way, the cringiness in a weird way, are the anime sound effects. Like, there are so many comedic sound effects that you wouldn't see in normal comedy or uh, other, you know, normal comedy shows. Uh, Korean comedies have a literal flair of using these anime sound effects, uh, and it's very cute and funny to watch that as well. The jealousy. This dude gets jealous. 
he hates even when they're not together yet he hates any other guy that literally like gets close to Dodohi. he doesn't know yet that he likes her so much but he's like get the fuck away from her i do not want you and he does everything he can he likes grab because he has to grab his her wrist in order for his powers to work right he does everything he can to annoy any guy who tries to uh, communicate with her and to date her. Because, you know, he rejects her in the first, I think, two or three episodes. There's a scene where he rejects her and it's like the climax of the episode, like the end. And I- it's a very big deal until he accepts that, okay, I actually like you. I'm sorry, okay? And, yeah. My man also has... A praise king, I have discovered. Guvon ha- definitely, 100%, this guy has a praise king. Because every time Dudu, he, like, tells him that he's done a good job or anything, he literally melts. This dude has a fucking praise king. And he has these so funny what-the-fuck looks. Like, the camera just turns out, it's li- it can literally be, be a meme. The way he turns into the camera and just looks at that person. Not the camera, like looks at the person who's, you know, causing the what-the-fuck look, which is so, so, like, funny sometimes to watch that. I want this man's wardrobe to be mine. I'm not even saying I want Dodohi's wardrobe, literally, because this man's wardrobe is just as good. The baggy, like, uh, shirts and sweatshirts and all those knitted sweaters. Oh, my God. I don't know what, how he does it. He makes the lightest clothes seem so darkly sexy. I have literally problem processing in my mind what the hell is wrong with me when I see him in these clothes. And because he doesn't have any chest hair, I'm sorry, I just have a thing with that. I don't like it. Him, like, having three or four or sometimes even more buttons open is more of a turn on than it actually should be so i'm obsessing over guvon every episode like literally even when i rewatch i'm like he's so fucking hot like kira knightley orlando bloom you know in pirates of the caribbean were had this chemistry that was off the fucking charts okay these two have that kind of chemistry if you don't remember Go watch. Or if you haven't watched it, go watch Pirates of the Caribbean. The first one. The Dark Pearls. The Black Pearls Curse. (laughs) I don't exactly remember. Curse of the Black Pearl. Yeah, that's the one. Go watch that one. I, The chemistry between those two is a lot like these two. And both of the actors are fucking attractive. Like, Keira Knightley and Orlando Bloom were so attractive together. And... Then you have Dudu and Guvon, and they're both attractive, and they both have this chemistry, and they are both very hot. They dress nicely, and both have the same amount of acting talent in them. I love them. Absolutely, intensely love them. My poor dude has beef with Jesus. He's literally like, why should I celebrate the birthday of my nemesis 
today on Christmas when it's time for him to do that with Tutuhi. He's like, why? Why should I do this? Like, what's the reason? He's literally my nemesis. Why do you even celebrate this? And it turns out to be a very meaningful scene uh, with a very nice quote that I will leave for you to go watch and see. But still, the joke's amazing. Like, have you seen Lucifer? If you've seen Lucifer, you know what I mean. Lucifer makes these so very funny jokes of our daily day-to-day conversations. Like when we say, oh my god, or uh, a lot of other slang that we use that include these beings. And Lucifer is like, oh my dad. And when he says that, it's funny, right? Because it's something that you use every day. And he's like, why do you always use my dad's name, you know? Uh, the jokes sometimes are that good. Like, Lucifer good. Not always. Y'all will get severe SLS, secondly syndrome, with this gay drama. Of course, if you watched Vincenzo and you have that traumatic experience you're going to be extremely skeptical about the second lead actor, second lead character when you watch it. You're going to be like, it's him. He's the bad guy. But fear not, he is just a cute little misunderstand baby who doesn't get the girl in the end and you're very sad about it. But he develops a very cute and heartwarming bromance with the uh, male main character and... They're very sweet to each other. You know, they joke around. Guvon, of course, pretends that he doesn't like him, but he actually does. And in the beginnings, there are a lot of dick measuring contests between them because they really try to impress Duhi on both parts. But in the end, we know who wins. Like, figuratively and literally, we know who would win, okay? We know. You know, I know, everybody knows. Let's finish this. Yeah, you will get severe SLS. So be prepared and be aware that this is going to happen. Because he's such a cute and nice and decent guy. And I really didn't want that for him. But, you know, you got to have SLS for it to mean something, you know? I forgot to mention that this K-drama is actually a fake marriage plot of kind of K-drama. And I don't know what happened to the writers this year and the year before that but there are so many fake marriage k-dramas these days like i think in the past year we've had four fake marriage k-dramas like there was perfect marriage perfect marriage revenge there was this one there was um uh, marry my husband which is also kind of fake marriage fake dating whatever and some other ones you know I don't know what has happened to the writers. I think like they're like read some romance books recently and they just focused on fake marriage. One of them focused on fake marriage and the others just followed along. They're like, we're going to do that too because it's an interesting thing and we're going to do that. So God knows what they're going to be obsessed with next. Let's just enjoy this while we can because I guess it's going to be an era, a fake marriage era, and then it's going to be something else probably. So yeah, it's a fake marriage. When I say fake marriage, it is fake. But there is a scene where they, you know, decide to sleep together on the bed because uh, Guvon needs to recharge, quote unquote. 
And when he wakes up in the morning, well, she's not there. Apparently, she's, you know, woken up. And he goes outside, and she turns to him, messy bun, pajamas and all, and she's eating something, and her, like, cheeks are puffy and everything. And he double takes, looks at her, and she jokingly says, yeah, what, do I look so beautiful in the morning? And he mumbles, yeah, you do, but she doesn't hear it. <laughs> it's so cute. <laughs> it's so cute. give hats off to Madame Jules, actress, the old woman who plays kind of like Doduhi's, I guess, guardian. She has starred in literally every K-drama this year. I don't think there has been a K-drama that she doesn't make an appearance in this year. I don't know what has happened. I guess she changed agents or something. But she has been in literally everything this year like everywhere you look it's her she's like the new ajuma for the uh, k-drama world you gotta know what i mean to know what i'm talking about <laughs> anyways so like hats off to her she's doing an amazing job her acting is impeccable and i hope that we see more of her because she deserves it uh, she's been working very hard these days and i admire her for that i would like to point out the end of episode 15 was exactly, egg-fucking-exactly so much alike that scene in Goblin, even clothing-wise and CGI-wise, to one of the scenes in the Goblin K-drama that I literally wanted to punch the producers and directors and writers' face. Like, could they not think of something original to do? know what made Dudohi do what she did in that scene she was stupid the motherfucker is immortal nothing happens to him he doesn't die that's his whole point of existence okay that's the thing that he has been fighting for all these episodes in the first fucking episode somebody asks him what's it like to be immortal and you all might suspect like from all the dramas even non-korean dramas that you've seen before that have had an immortal person in them they're like i'm so miserable i want to be a human again and i want to like be able to live my life and die and whatever and he turns and says i'm very happy it's great to be perfect and handsome forever i don't want anything to change like okay you might, like, think when you're watching this, especially if you're a K-drama watcher, that all of those other immortal creatures that you've seen so far have lived so much longer than him. This guy has only lived 200 years. but And he hasn't lost so many people to realize that it's so miserable to be immortal. But come on, there's a difference to his character, okay? He's immortal and he likes being immortal. We've had so many crybaby, miserable, immortal, rich as shit people in the other K-dramas. And they've never been like, yeah, it's been a blast being immortal. I know I've lost people. It's part of it. But, you know, it's nice to see humans develop and be more of whatever, something like that. They never see the, you know, positive points of it. But anyways, okay, who am I to judge? I'm not immortal. So yeah, whatever Dudu he does in that scene, I hate it so much, okay? I don't want to spoil it. I just want y'all to go see it. But 
take a hint, okay? He is immortal. He doesn't fucking die. You could have done something else. You could have shouted. You didn't need to do what you did, okay? You are dumb. You are stupid for doing what you did. And, okay, I'm gonna, I gotta give it to the producers. They made the last episode extremely heartwarming and so wonderful and amazing and so just aesthetic, let's put it this way, and very romantic. That's why I'm not elaborating on the fact that that scene could have changed for the better. Because that last episode, like, made up for everything. It was so cute. I smiled all the way through. And I literally just closed the screen that I was watching. And I just lay in bed, smiling to myself after finishing that episode. So, you know, I'm not going to say anything further about that scene. But I want the producers to know that I know what you did there. And not cool, bro. Not cool. I hope... Goblin sues you for doing this. Theory time. This part is for those who've actually watched it. Okay. At the end of the drama... Guon's literal existence happens because of Duduhi. It's hard to understand, I know, because of a wish she makes, he returns to existence, okay? I- at the end of the K-drama, somewhere there. So she basically makes a deal with God this time, so that he would come back to her. Then, he's again immortal. Okay, he is not human, he's still immortal. And I think the producers or writers or whatever didn't include this part because they wanted us to, you know, just end it in our own way, I guess. And we know that Dudu, he's human and he's immortal. So if she gets old, he's gonna not get old, right? So if they're like falling in love right now and they're gonna live forever together or as much as forever allows them to. Well, he's going to get old. My theory in this opinion, and I saw this in a comment section in a reel that was made for the drama, that he literally is the reason he exists. So if one part of the deal doesn't exist, then how can the other part of the deal exist? So basically what I'm saying is, I think, and I want to believe that this is the end, I want to believe that this is how it actually goes, if he ceases to exist, so does Guvon. And I love that. I love that theory, and I'm going to stick with that theory, and I'm going to not try to think about any other theory. Which is so cute in my opinion, right? It's so cute and a little sad, true, but, you know, it's 80... 90 years from now, hopefully, if Dudu he lives a full and happy life. And a healthy one, I guess. <laughs> I want to believe that. And I think it's a very sweet thing to believe in. It is safe to say that Guvon is also one of our green flags. He supports her in everything. And she's a successful businesswoman, okay? 
So she only needs like emotional support. She is completely fine on her own. She runs her company easily, swiftly, doesn't need any help. And he's so supportive of her and he's ready to like support her in her dreams. And when uh, one time his assistant asks him, do you know what your job actually is? And he's like, I'm to do his husband. That's my job. That's what I want to do. That's what I live for. And I think that's a very adorable thing. I mean, he earns money, of course, because he owns a whole foundation thing, whatever. Another cute aspect of his whole character is that. Note that there is so much blood in this K-drama. More than we're typically used to see in a romance rom-com K-drama. Okay? So keep that in mind when you're watching. Also, the soundtracks are intensely amazing. Like, I have not seen a K-drama OST this good in years. The soundtracks are fucking awesome. Even, like, the opening titles, insane. Some of the very few opening titles I've watched more than, like, three times. And I haven't skipped to the, you know, beginning of the show. So, you know, keep that in mind. Also, listen for the nice music and shit. I love that Guwon is so respective towards uh, Hyun. He respects her job. He respects her position. And he respects that she is a working woman. And he supports her in every way she can. But I love that they match outfits like... He tries to match outfits with her every single day. And they have these husband-wife brawls even, like, after they become an actual couple. They have these fights and so uh, sweet and intense and cute confrontations that are performed by the amazing Duduhi herself. I love them. And one thing that you should note, Guwon is terrified. Of Duduhi. He is a demon of hell. He's the ruler, okay? He seduces people into making deals with him so he can take their lives, souls, whatever, 10 years later. But he is scared shitless of his wife. And I think that's what a healthy relationship actually needs, you know? One last criticism I'm here to make from Duduhi is her lack of actual, like, forethought. She knows he's a demon. She goes into this fake marriage thing, goes into this whole situation, this whole charade, knowing that he's a demon that buys souls, like, bargains with souls, right? And there is one scene that Guon maybe is the sexiest he can be his eyes are like cgi red they turn red as he's taking the soul of somebody who's begging him for another chance and dude he witnesses this and she's like oh my god i can't do this and like you do the third act breakup thing two episodes left to the finale and i should also mention this the main Plot points, like the murderers and stuff, are solved until episode 13. Like, everything is solved. You're done. They make 
specific space for the third act breakup. Another thing that I hate. I just remembered it. I'm sorry. I'm ending the hate <laughs> comments pretty soon. Doodoohy, honey, baby, you knew, my girl, you knew that he was a fucking demon. You knew that he bargained sold. Why are you terrified of him now? Like, did it just sink into you that he's not, like, fake or whatever? Did you deny him being a demon all this time after he used all of his powers in front of you? Are you shitting me? I mean, it gets resolved pretty early, but, like, it shouldn't even be there, that thought in her mind. He's a morally great character. You accepted this. You, that's the very reason you accepted him as your bodyguard. I just don't understand sometimes why you don't think. I'm sorry, girl. I'm just... You don't... You're very smart. You do business and everything that's related to that in a very smart and tactical way. But I don't know. When it comes to celestial beings, you just shut down. I'm sorry, okay? But because I admire you for being able to run in those heels and wearing the most amazing clothes and combinations that I've ever seen in my life, I forgive you, Doodohi. And also being uh, a badass bitch, a badass boss bitch. I love you for that as well. Everybody in your company is terrified of you, and I adore that. I respect that. So I respect you, even though you're sometimes dumb. And we've reached another end of an amazing episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Let me know what you think. As always, my IG account is in the description box. I generally enjoy ranting about this stuff. And if you have your opinions, let's rant some more. I have so much more to say, especially to the people who've actually watched it. So tune in for my next episode in maybe two weeks hopefully fingers crossed if everything goes okay and fine i will put up a new episode in two weeks so see you then toodles thank you for being here thank you for listening Bye bye